One thing that the readings um, this morning make very clear is that Christmas and what's happening at Christmas and the birth of Jesus, it's for us. This is a very, this is a very personal thing. We can approach Christmas as if it's a historical event that happened 2,000 years ago, which, which it did. Um, but it's really important that we know, like, oh, no, this is for you. Like, this is, this is totally for you in a very personal way. And what God did at Christmas, uh, when he did it and planned it, he had you in mind. This is a personal thing. God didn't just come to save the earth uh, or, like, the planet or something. No, he came to save you. This is, this is a personal drawing near to you. Um, yeah, but he saves us in a strange way. Because I, yeah, sometimes we approach God like he's a genie, right? And what do we want him to do? Just fix the stuff. But God looks at the brokenness of the world and our pain and even at the darkness of sin and this distance from God. And what does he do? He makes himself very little and very helpless and then he just places himself on our arms. Which feels like, no, no, no. You've got to save it. Like, you've got you to take over. Like, this, is, uh, this doesn't seem better. Like, things were bad, and now things are still kind of bad, and we have a baby to take care of, right? It's like, well, that's just hard. No. But what Jesus wants to show us in a lot of different ways, I think, is, hey, you're really good. And even if things are hard, or, or some stuff is bad, or things are broken, or... Not everything's going the way that you, you hope it is. Like you're really good, and he wants to come be with you. There is something very disarming about this idea that God became a baby. Because parts of us still don't trust God. We're still afraid of him. That he's going to take something, that he wants too much, that he's going to make our lives miserable. That he's mad at us, that he wants to hurt us. But in the face of some of those fears, what happens when you find out that God made himself just totally helpless and placed himself in your arms? He became a, a baby. There's nothing more helpless than a human baby. Even you look at infant, like, babies of other animals, we're the most helpless of all the babies. A bunch of them are standing up and walking and basically feeding themselves in, like, 20 minutes, right? That would be nice. Parents, yeah? Amen? <laughs> How are we doing? It's been a bit, some of these? Yeah. How long does it take for a baby to be self-sufficient? I don't know, 20 years, right? I mean, it's like, it's a long time. But, a, but an infant baby. So baby Jesus was an actual baby, right? He wasn't a magic baby because he's God. And he's like, pew, pew, doing superpowers. No, he's a real baby. And uh, the first time Joseph held him, Mary probably told him, watch his head, right? Like, watch his neck, hold his head up. There, you just imagine the helplessness. God Almighty, infinite God, creator of the universe, God who is infinite beauty, goodness, strength, power, glory, wisdom, couldn't hold his own head up. And why, why is he doing this? Christmas, in some ways, is the beginning of God's just surrender to us. He's saying, like, hey, I just, I just want to love you and come close. And like I don't, I don't want, I don't want to hurt you, and I don't need anything from you. Like I, I surrender, I give up. He places himself in our arms. It's just, it's just crazy. He's just helpless there. He's showing us like I'm just gonna love you. Whatever that means for me, I'm not gonna protect myself or defend myself. I don't have to do that. No, I'm just gonna just come close to you and love you. The surrender that begins at Christmas is fulfilled on the cross. On the cross, what's Jesus doing? He's making himself again totally helpless. 
He's saying, you can, you can do whatever. You can even put me to death and I'll, st I'll still love you. I'll even allow the violence that you do to me become the instrument of your salvation. I'll, I'll pray for you as I'm being put to death. Like, I just, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of a baby. You don't have to be afraid of Christ on the cross. That great surrender of God even continues to this day in, in the Eucharist. What's the Eucharist? That's, that's Jesus. In some ways, even more helpless than ever before. He lays here quiet in the tabernacle, just waiting for us to, to, to gently and, and with love and reverence receive him into our bodies to, to have a home. The tabernacle is not his home. No, the tabernacle is a waiting place. You, you are his home. He doesn't want to stay in the tabernacle. No, he wants to come and be close to you. Yeah, there's something about a baby. Jesus is helplessness, but also, where do you hold a baby? You hold a baby close. You hold a baby close to your heart. And it's as if Jesus wanted to be so close to your heart that he became the one thing that you wouldn't be afraid of just bringing really close. Like he wanted to be, to be so, like inches. He wanted to be right there. Yeah, there's just such a, a great tenderness and a beauty. But also, Jesus comes into just a crummy situation. That's really important for me to, to hear because sometimes my life is a crummy situation. Sometimes your lives are crummy situations. Amen? Yeah, so good news. Even if this Christmas, if things aren't great, if the person you're sitting next to, you're not getting along with at the moment, like uh, it's been a rough couple of days, kind of stressed, that's okay. Like Jesus, he signed up for all of this. A couple of you looked at each other. That was fun for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he just signed up for it. He just knows. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a way in which, yeah, what? We look at the manger scene, and there's something just so beautiful about it. Even, even I'm like, I'm a grown man, but uh, to come into this church when the lights are off and just to sit in front of the manger, is just, I don't know, it's just a beautiful, there's something tender about it. But please remember that... Um, Joseph, looking at the situation when Jesus was born, didn't think it was beautiful. He thought it was a, a failure on his part. Because he was supposed to provide and protect. He's, he probably prepared things at home. Like, they probably had a place for, for the baby to, to lay and to sleep. And he probably made arrangements, but then all things got turned sideways because he had to go down to Bethlehem to be enrolled with his family for this census. And not only could he not, like, stay home in the preparations that they had, they couldn't really find much of a home at all. And Jesus is laid not in a bed, but in, in a manger. And again, that sounds cute, away in a manger. Isn't that nice? Just please remember what a manger is, right? It's a food, it's a feed trough for animals. Animals weren't cleaner at the time, right? They weren't brushing their teeth 2,000 years ago. If you ever fed, some of you feed animals. And just think about the places where you feed your animals, like... Imagine laying a baby in that place. It's like, ugh, that's not, that's not optimal. <laughs> like, no, it wasn't. It was not optimal. But this was God's plan. This wasn't an accident. Jesus was born into a situation of just total poverty. Not just financial poverty, but it's like, we don't even have a bed. Like, none, nothing that we hoped would go this way went this way. Like, we're sorry. And he's just happy to be there. Like he wanted to be born in this way. Jesus wanted to be born into this poverty so that you and I would know as Jesus draws close to you, he doesn't need anything from you. You don't have to impress him. Things don't have to be bright and shiny. 
But also there's a way in which, yeah, maybe at the moment, to their eyes, the stable and the manger didn't seem like a beautiful thing. It seemed kind of like a tragic thing. But you know what? It is beautiful now. Like it's been transformed. The presence of Jesus transforms things. It makes all things beautiful. To be very clear, that means there is nothing in your life, no part of you, no part of your story or your history, that Jesus doesn't want to enter into, to love you, and to make it beautiful. This is a bold statement. And it's a statement of a Christian that Jesus can make anything beautiful. Anything. What's the worst thing that ever happened? It was when God was tortured and killed on a, on a cross. It was the most ugly, horrific, terrible thing. But now what's the most beautiful thing that ever happened? What's the cross? It's the infinite love of God being poured out for you and for me in freedom and generosity. Him choosing you and purchasing you for himself. He's ransoming you on the cross. He's paying the price for you. The cross has become just the most beautiful of things because of Christ and his presence and his love. So let me say it once again. There is nothing in your life, no place of darkness, no place of sin, no place of tragedy or pain that Jesus can't make beautiful by his presence and he wants to be present there. He just wants to come close. When you love somebody, you want to be close to them. You and I can't fathom how much he loves us and how close he wants to be. I'll give you a moment to pray. Jesus was born for us. The shepherds are told, a, a Savior is born for you this day. Like, this is for you. Shepherds were kind of outcasts. But they said, no, no, no. The angel says, no, this is for you. So Jesus was born for you. I would like you to imagine, if you're okay with it, holding the baby Jesus. Because he's here for you. He wants to be very close to you. He doesn't want to hurt you. Just imagine what that's like. What does that do to your heart? Imagine what it's like for him. Like, how is it for him, for you to hold him? And maybe you notice, like, oh, Jesus, I feel really poor, or my life feels like a mess, or I, I, don't, I don't have much to give you, to offer you. And just know, like, yeah, that's okay. He knows. But he still wants to be there. He, won't, he still wants to be really close.